Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, Identity Church. I really appreciate everybody coming out this morning. We seem to have a lot of crud going on. Everybody, every time I turn around, somebody's going, sending me a text going, oh, I'm not, you know, feeling good. So I'm, I'm actually going to open the service up praying for those that are out today because there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there maybe watching us on live stream or listening to us on the on our podcast and you know I would like to just take a second and for us to just pray and get into agreement because the word says that if any two shall agree that it shall be done for us as it is in heaven it means that hey is there any sickness in heaven no, there's no sickness in heaven. So what we need to do is we need to take his word literally. We need to pray and be in agreement. How many people can agree with me that these people that are out today that are having sinus issues, that are having other things, that they're going to be healed? Amen. Amen. So everybody bow your head. I'm going to go ahead and pray for us. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray over every person right now that is having sinus issues, that this weather is changing. Father, I thank you, dear Lord, that you are bringing about uh, drying up of their sinuses, Father. I thank you, dear Lord, that you're bringing about the ability for them to have um, no more pain, no more coughing, no more drainage, Father. And we just thank you for it because your word says that if any two shall agree, it shall be done for us as it is in heaven. Father, I just pray right now. I know that you're in the midst of us. You're in the midst of them. Those that are listening, those that are not listening, Father. I pray in Jesus' name, if they're in our congregation and they're in bed right now, I just pray, dear Lord, that the healing power of the Holy Spirit just comes upon them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, I want to go ahead and get us started here. Um, you know... For the last few months, we've been talking about faith. We've been talking about how to, how to build your faith and to help your faith. We've also been talking for the last few months about you hear from God. Amen. Y'all hear from God. You know, John 10, 3 tells us that, that my sheep hear my voice and no other shall they follow. So I just... I just know without a shadow of a doubt, because it happens to me, I see and I hear his voice. Now, why did I just say see? It's because sometimes I see stuff. Like, I'll be sitting there and I just, I see it. How many people have seen stuff? And I've done this before. I know Kaylee and Micah just got a house. So if I asked Micah today, because he's been living in it, how many windows are in your house? How would you tell me how many windows are in your house? There's eight windows in your house, but could you see those if you closed your eyes and thought about it? Absolutely. See, that's the whole way that I'm able to see anything that I don't have directly in front of me. Do you know the same thing is about your vision? Your vision for your life is you have to see it before it happens. You have to know, hey, what's my next step? I got to see myself doing it. How many people in here have just, you know, happened upon, you know, your job? It was just like, you know, you weren't even expecting it. You're just walking down the road and all of a sudden your job just come and hit you. <laughs> Bam. It was like, it's like these police reports where it was like the tree jumped out in front of me. And that's why I had the wreck and hit the tree. That 
is not the way things happen. The way things happen is that we see something like somebody comes and tells you about a job that's open. Let's just say I remember being in the wanting to go in the computer field. I was doing construction work. Very good. I had, you know, I wanted to do that. And, and so, you know, I wanted to go into the computer field. Well, I remember I was talking to a few people that was in my that was in my um, church that was around me, and they started telling me about jobs. In fact, a couple of them were actually in the computer field. And I remember um, Ron Brady. I love Ron Brady. He's he's a good minister friend of mine too up in Indiana. But he actually worked for Southern Company. Matthew Manchin worked for Southern Company uh, working for computers. Ron Brady had helped him get a job. Also, Ron Brady helped me get a job. And so we're like putting PCs together. Well, you know, I used to think when I didn't know anything about computers, I used to think the way computers worked was that people unboxed them, put them on, you know, put them on a desk, and that was all you had to do. You know, I thought, well, the Internet's inside that computer. Well, you know, after actually getting into the field, because all I saw was the greatest computer jobs that there ever was is just unboxing a computer and putting it on a desk. But do you know that when I walked into Southern Company's data center or I walked into some of the banks like, regions and or as am south of the time or or any of these i would walk into their data centers and it would go almost as far as the eye could see just row after row after row of computers you know it changed the way i saw how i did things what should i learn you know it's a good thing for you to go and to find out before you actually go to school or before you go buy, uh, you know, you go buy your car, go buy a business, go, you know, go get a job. Don't just go out there and just randomly let it run you over like the tree that, you know, and all the reports that people ran in the tree. Well, the tree just jumped out in front of me. That's not the way it works. We have to go and see it before we do it. You know why that's important? You may not want to do it. How many people's done a job they didn't want to do? I, I should get a lot more hands. <laughs> Double the hands. <laughs> do you know that if you actually saw it before you said yes, you might have said no, right? There's been plenty of times. I, I remember. Now you can call me a put. I don't really care, but. There was a friend of mine. He was like, hey, I cut grass for a living. And I thought cutting grass, like my son's got a couple of yards that he cuts. He was like, yeah, I cut grass for a living. Would you like to take a job with me? See, this is one of those where I, where I didn't run off the road. The tree jumped out in front of me and I hit it, okay? And I said, sure, because I thought I'm going to be with my buddy. We're going to be outside. It's going to be fun. Well, you get up at like 4 o'clock in the morning, you drive to these places where uh, it was like Mountain Brook, okay? Because you're you're having to drive all the way out to where the, the yards are, right? Especially these high-end places. And there would be five-man crews, and they were running around doing all kinds of weird stuff. I mean, they'd be some people would be trimming bushes. Some people would be cutting grass, edging. 
I mean, you'd be putting out straw, you know, hay and straw and all this other stuff. And I did that job for one day. And I quit. You know why? Because it was not fun. Now, my dad will tell some stories about jobs he's tried to get me that I, want, I did it one time and I wanted to quit too. But, you know, if you see what you're doing before you do it, then you know where to go. You agree with it. How many people know that agreement is the best way? Not being forced at the end of a gun. That is the truth. Do you know that when I agree with my, my job, when I agree with my family, when I agree with my, my church, with my friends, whoever it is, if I'm in agreement with the relationship, it's going to be so much better. You know what? Sometimes you need to get out of certain things. It's okay to say, no, I'm done. Do you know why? Because if you don't agree with it and you're just doing it because somebody's forcing you. Do you know that having a bank loan on something is like having a gun to your head, right? I mean, how many people have had a bank loan where you were like, I got to pay this bank loan. So this was, I'm going to tell this little story. A couple of years ago, I was working, uh, I was working for the power company, but I was, I was working for Southern Link. And I used to do telecom services, network services for telecom. And we were, we were dealing with this vendor. And vendors would sell you all kinds of stuff. And we would spend all kinds of money with these vendors. Well, one of the vendors came to us, and this guy was like super pushy. I mean, just like, well, you've got to buy this from me today. We're, the end of our quarter's coming up. i got to have this, blah, blah, blah. I said, I said um, yeah, we're not going to be able to do that. He calls me. He calls my supervisor. He calls my manager. He calls the people that I work with. He calls everybody. Well, then I finally just told the guy, never call again. So about a week or two later, I'm talking to this other vendor that was less pushy. And the vendor's taking me to like a lunch. We're like one of these restaurants out over in Atlanta. And I'm sitting there and I said, you know, this other vendor that we were looking at, they were just so pushy. And he said, yeah, do you know what they do? I said, no, uh, give me the insight into the sales world of being a vendor. They said, what these vendors do that are the big boys that are out here, the Dells, the, you know, the, the really big conglomerates, the IBMs, they go and they hire somebody in and they pay them commission. And what they do is they get them in there for like a couple weeks, maybe a couple months, and they all of them are driving Mercedes, right? They're driving the BMWs, right? Oh, Range Rover. Woo! We're talking about some high-dollar vehicles. So they, they tell the guy that's driving the, the, the little Nissan Sentra that just got hired on, hey, go get, go, you need to, to look and, and present yourself like you've got a lot of money. So go get you a BMW, right? And so they start talking these guys into going and buying a BMW or one of these other cars. So what happens is, is that these people go and they get into debt for like $85,000. Then they've got them. You work 24 by 7. You got to go make your commission. 
And you know what? It actually turns them into the worst people ever. Now you may be thinking, well, why are you telling me about this, Dusty? It's because sometimes our vision is our own vision and we get ourselves into a slave mentality rather into an agreement mentality. You know that when you're in a slave mentality, you got to buy yourself out. You got to you got to do the next thing to get away from the people that are holding you hostage. And you know what? That's because you had a bad vision. Either somebody put that vision into you or either you decided that you were going to go to it cuz it was the nicest flashiest thing. You know, God's vision is always the vision that is going to be less pushy. God's vision is going to bring you peace. The world's vision is going to tell you exactly what I just told you. Go get everything you can and can what you get and hold on to it because you're not going to get very much out, out other than that. You know that your vision needs to be something that brings you peace and doesn't bring you Yanked and all the, the things of the world. Do you know that every time I've ever followed God's vision, I'm not out any money. Every time I follow my vision, I've lost thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars trying to make my own thing work. And see, that's why I want you to understand that running your own race is meaningful. Don't run somebody else's race. Run your own. Now, most of you have been here. Give me one second. Technical difficulties. Ah, there we go. So this is our main scripture right here, Habakkuk 2.2. And it says, the Lord answered and said, write a vision and make it plain upon tablets. That's why I use my iPad is because that's the most holy. <laughs> then, he may, then that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it surely comes, it will not tarry. Behold, the proud has his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall, be, shall live by faith. Do you know that when you get a vision from God, not one of your own visions, and we're going to talk a little bit about your vision versus God's vision today, but when you get your vision, not somebody else's vision. You know, I had a vision for Kaylee. You know, when, when she was coming up, and I've been in computers all my life. My mom actually works in computers. She's, you know, been a graphics artist, does, you know, this for banks. And Kaylee loved to draw. And I thought, oh, yes, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to help her get into something like what my mom does. That would be perfect for her. You know, Kaylee walks up to me one day and goes, Dad, I want to do something with skin care. <laughs> you want to be Poe, huh? I mean, that was the first thing that came into my mind. You want to be Poe? For, for all you that are not Southern, that is poor. Okay. <laughs> but see, the thing is, she came to me. She said, Dad, I really feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I feel like God's leading me to do it. And I said, okay. Then I had to go pray long and hard, okay? Because my vision for her was already set. She was going to go and do all this stuff, and she was going to make this kind of money, and it was going to be great for her, and blah, 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 blah. 
Well, my vision that I was trying to impress upon her went out the window. You know, one of the things that the Lord showed me was he will make a way. He will show us how to do things. And, you know, I think this is kind of funny because right after she told me this, the Lord sent me like three people and told me exactly things that she needed to know about skincare. We didn't even know what the term esthetician was. She didn't know. I didn't. She was like, I don't even know how to begin in this, but I just feel like I'm supposed to do this. Somebody came to me. They talked to me about what an esthetician is. They didn't talk to her. God talked to her about her vision. I said, Lord, help me with her vision. So the Lord brought people to me. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. You can pretty much tell I don't do very much with skincare, okay? The most I do is some soap and water, and that's all I'm going to do, okay? I have been doing some beard oil. It's been kind of nice, though. But less flakes, it's, you know, that kind of deal. But one of the things that, I, that the Lord told me was if you tell her about this, she can go run with it. You know, there's going to be times in your life that you need to have people to come and tell you about stuff. You need to know what the next steps are. Because guess what? We didn't know and we couldn't visualize it. The moment that I told her about it, we started looking up websites. We started looking all the stuff up. She knew what to do next. You know what? She's got a really good job as a registered medical assistant for, for the dermatology office down the road here. She's doing skin care, but she's not just being an esthetician. She's doing it on the medical level. Do you know that one thing leads to another and one part of your vision, you go, I see the next step. See, sometimes I think that we try to see beyond that next step. And that's where we get in trouble. Because the moment you see beyond that next step, now you're thinking, oh, I'm going to do all this other stuff. When God was really trying to give you one step to get you to the, to the step he had for you. If she had just done esthetician work and she was working for a spa, that would have been fine. But what she found out was that when she saw it, she said, I want to go into the dermatology side. Do you know that that is so much better to see your vision? You get to agree to it. You get to say, this is good. This is what I want to do. You know, that taught me a lot. Because there's been plenty of times I've taken jobs because I wanted the next step to look like something else. And that's where the gun comes to the head. Well, I got to pay for my house. I got to pay for my car and I got to do all this other stuff. Well, if I did that and that was the way that I lived my life, I would be like some of these other guys, just like the ones that are working for these vendors that would be, getting myself into a bad situation and I would never be able to get myself out of it. Do you know that when we write our vision and we see what God has for our life, then now we get to run with it. We get to go and say, where do I run next? And you know what? Life is not a straight line. Life is like this. I mean, this, is, this has been my life. I don't know about y'all's. But I've never been on a straight path. Do you know that God 
is going to show you if you listen. All right. So Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, it says, Therefore also, since we were surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnared us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Now, I want to stop right here for just a second, because there's a couple of things, and I've heard this taught so many times. But you know, the, the Lord really said, just go back to the context. Do you know that we have a great cloud of witnesses that are around us all the time? How many people know that I've got people sitting in here? I've got people watching. I've got people listening. There's a cloud of witnesses. Now, yes, there may be people, you know, the people in heaven that have went on before us. They're watching us too. But see, this is what I want you to understand. A great cloud of witnesses are the people that are standing around you going, what you going to do next? How many people's had some double dog dare you? What you going to do next, people in your life? I have. You know, most of the time when that starts happening, you do the stupid thing. It's the hold my beer moment, right? Oh, hold my beer. And then you're in jail for like, you know, whatever. Or you've wrecked your car or you've done whatever it is, right? But see, the thing is, is that you have all these witnesses. You have all these people that are looking for what you're going to do next. Most of them are looking to see if you're going to blow up. But it says, lay aside all of those weights. Lay aside all of the stuff that is binding you. And the sin. Oh my gosh, we're about to get into a discussion on sin. Oh yeah, we're going to. Do you know that the only thing about sin is, is that it means to miss the mark. It means that I was going in this direction and God wanted me to go in this direction. Oh, so you mean, well, if I didn't follow God that I'm in sin? Yeah, absolutely. Do you know that sin is not just, you know, smoking and chewing and drinking and going with those who do? I mean, all that kind of stuff. I mean, we were talking this morning, me and Al, about, about you know, tobacco back years ago. My mom actually ratted, ratted me out. It's probably one of the best things that happened because I actually, because I got hooked on it from coaches and everything else, I actually did chewing tobacco. And so my mom ratted me out to my future wife at the time. And she was like, you're not going to do that no more. And so I started trying to quit. <laughs> I mean, it, it was like a sacrifice unto like Baal or something. I mean, it was going to cost me something and it did. Do you know that every single time I tried to quit, you know, I was like, I, I can't. You know why? Because I had a great cloud of witnesses that was also going, hey, I got a dip. You want one? How many people you're sitting there and you're like, I'm not going to smoke a cigarette. And they go, I'm smoking a cigarette. You want one? How many people goes, hey, I'm not going to drink today. Oh, well, hey, I got a beer. You want one? How about this one? And most people think, oh, it's just about the, you know, the, the smoking and the drinking and the, all the carousing and all that kind of stuff. Do you know that that is one form of sin and that's one thing that you have to deal with because it hurts you? 
okay? But there are Christians, there are people that live in this society that we think are just as holy as all get out. But they haven't been following God for nothing. And they're in just as much sin. Because God doesn't see your sin as, well, I smoked a cigarette today and I, I drank a beer and I did this. All that stuff you need to deal with. But guess what? If I'm going down the wrong path and God says, hey, I've got a better path for you. Do you know that it's the goodness of God that brings all men back to repentance? That word repentance is metanoia. It just means to turn. You know, if sin is missing the mark, like if I drew a big, you know, big target over here and I start shooting at that target and I'm off by three inches. We went last weekend and was throwing axes. And Micah would go back up three inches because you're just hitting the wall with the butt of the, the axe. So I'd back up two or three inches and I would throw it. Eventually, I would hit the mark. Do you know that that's the exact same thing as metanoia? Metanoia is when somebody comes up and says, you're supposed to be doing something a little bit better. And you would hit this mark and you go, okay, you just changed. There wasn't a whole bunch of, oh, I'm a low down dirty sinner. No. Don't even say that. Just so, okay, Lord, where do we go next? Do I need to double back? Are you going to open up another door so that I can jump onto the own ramp here? See, if you think about sin like that, then you cut the shame out of it. If you cut the shame out of it, you just start doing it. How many people would just like to start living life? Like, not even thinking about, hey, I've got to get down on my knees and I've got to ask for forgiveness and I've got to do all this stuff in order to get it off of me. What if you just stopped doing it and just started living? How many people would just like to start living? Can I get an amen? Can you just start living? What is the thing that you need to do? Where do you need to be going? It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. It matters what you're doing with your future. Do you know that if you just say, you know what? The goodness of God says, just come on. Stop walking that way. Let's walk this way. You know, that's living life. I don't have to spend a lot of time trying to get the shame off of me. Get the curse off of me. Do you know that he became a curse for us, is what Galatians said. We don't have to worry about that stuff anymore because He did it. See, what we don't understand is, is that in verse 2 here it says, looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. That means that Jesus Himself is going to write your vision and He's also going to help you when you can't do it. And when you fall into sin and you're going the wrong path, all you got to do is say, Jesus, where do I go next? Do you know that he went to the cross and for the joy that was set before him to endure it, he despising the shame. Do you know that nobody thinks about that? Jesus came, he lived, he created he was the word that was made flesh. He did all this stuff. And then he went to the cross 
the king of the universe, the prince of peace. That was shameful. He took on all of your shame. He took on all of my shame. But he knew that at the end of it, that he was going to be able to sit down at the right hand of the Father and tell God about all the good things about you. You know, that's why Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 14 and 15, he said, I need to go and then I'm going to send you the comfort of the Holy Spirit. He said, because I'm going to go to my Father. It's going to be better for you. Why? Because he's sitting there whispering in God's ear. Look at how awesome Heather is. Look at how awesome Micah is. Look at how awesome Daniel is. Look at how awesome Al and Carol. He sits there and he tells God about all the good things. You know what? Having a a Christ that has come and he's lived his life and understood our shame and our pain, he's now been able to go, I have given and paid for it all. You know what? When God makes up the difference, you don't have to worry about it. There is no circumstance. There's nothing that you have to worry about because he's going to be the finisher of your faith in your vision. By the way, this always, this always reminds me, this verse right here, and I don't know why, so you know, y'all can think of it however you want to. But have anybody ever heard of the tortoise and the hare? You know, the tortoise and the hare, right? This is actually my favorite one. It's the Bugs Bunny, and it's the, uh, you know, he, I guess it was probably the 1930s Bugs Bunny. But, you know, Cecil is the little turtle, and they used to do a bunch of them back then. And I used to watch the Cartoon Network. I loved it. I thought it was great. And so this is my favorite one, because every other one is the, the hare is lazy, and he just is waiting for the tortoise to go through. No, Bugs Bunny is running as fast as he can because he wants to do something. He wants to win $10. Because Cecil told him, he said, hey, if I beat you, then you owe me $10. If you beat me, I owe you $10. Well, you know, they go through this whole race and Bugs Bunny's running, he's running. And every time they got to a checkpoint, Cecil would be standing there. And he would go, what in the world's going on? So he would run faster. And by the time he got to the very end, Cecil's standing over the finish line. And he goes, give me my $10. And you know what? Bugs Bunny comes out and he gives him his $10. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. That's what he does. And he goes, great. And, he get, and Bugs turns around and he goes, I think I've been cheated. I'm going to go find out. And then all of a sudden, Cecil, Cecil and his nine other brothers are standing there all holding a dollar. Do you know that God provides a way where there seems to be no way? You know, there's been times in my life where I felt like I had some other brothers. Do you know that being able to go with God and go with His vision, He will give you the opportunities to be ahead of the finish line. You know why? Because we have a helper, a comforter, the Holy Spirit that is standing there always looking to go, Let's move in this direction. You know, the Holy Spirit is with you at all periods and times. He's with you right now. He's with you no matter what you're doing. He is there to provide for you and to tell you what to do. That is a promise. 
Go, go, you know what? You don't believe me? I, I just heard it. Everybody's like, I don't believe it. Go, go read John chapter 14. Go read John chapter 15. Because Jesus made the promise and it happens. I know it. You know, sometimes we turn off our Holy Spirit monitor. Galatians chapter 5, verse 7 through 10, it says, You ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion did not come from him who called you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in you in the Lord that you have no other mind, but he who troubles you shall bear his judgment whosoever he is. You know what? I I love the way this scripture is laid out because who has hindered you? That means that there is somebody that's hindered you. Sometimes it's us. <laughs> that, that's the bad part. But sometimes it's other people. You know, when I had ADD and dyslexia in high school, I had people that met very well. They wanted me, they wanted me to set my mind right. I mean, how, how awesome is that for them? You know what? Don't, don't set your sights too high. Well, you're only going to be able to do. Do you know that after a little while you start believing it? After a little while you start seeing your vision as very low. Do you know that every single time that somebody drops a little bit of... So the leaven is is a little bit like, you know, um, what's the... Um, Man, just hit me. Uh, yeast. You know, if you drop yeast into dough, it's going to rise. But it's going to eat all the way through that dough. You know, Micah here, he's a, a chef. You know, I'm pretty sure that he could give me all the technical details behind why all of that happens. From what I was seeing on Good Eats years ago, it's they eat it and they fart it out. And that's the reason why it blows up, okay? That's pretty much the, the way the yeast works, okay? But you have to understand that if you put yeast in something, it's no longer leaven. It's no longer, it, you, you get into this, this state where the whole thing is going to be puffed up. Well, you know what? If I drop a little bit of, well, you can't do it. You're never going to make it. Well, if I let that go through the whole system, I become like this breadhead dude here. Do you know that once my mind has been made up over something, it's hard to change it. It is so hard to change it. Do you know that when I am able to have a, a when I actually take God's word and say, I think people read God's word and they negate part of it. They read it and they go, with, it's, have you ever heard of unconscious bias? I think it's unconscious bias. I think that people read the Word of God and they go, well, it's in the Word, but I don't know if it's for me. You know that unconscious bias will keep you from being what God has called you to be. Unconscious bias will, will also it'll keep you from putting it into other people. You know, if I had finally taken and said, you know what? I know that the word of God, when it hit me and uh, Philippians 4.13 came to me and said, I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. It started leavening me the other way. It was just 
like this yeast. It got into me and it kept it kept growing and it kept growing and it kept growing. And so I went from thinking I can't do all things to I can do all things, but I need to add the Jesus, Jesus leaven to it. I needed to put a little bit of the Jesus yeast in there. You know what? Once it grew, it took over my whole body. You can ask my wife. You can ask my mom and dad. Hey, am I the same guy that I was 25 years ago? They're going, no. I'm not the same guy because I'm better than this breadhead dude. It's, it's went all the way from my head. It's went all the way down in my body. It comes out of me every time I get around people. You know, when I walk into a place and I confess this, you should do it too. When I walk into a place and there is strife, I bring peace. You know, I walk into all kinds of places where people are upset and they're doing and saying the worst things. And I go walking into the place and you can just feel it. Have you ever just felt it? You know, you walk into somewhere and you're like, I walked into something. What just happened? And I go, in the name of Jesus, peace. You know, and I start speaking peace. I start talking to people about peace. You know, within seconds... People stop going for the strife and they start going for the peace. You can be a peacemaker. I could probably preach on that all day long, but I'm going to keep going with this. You know what? Don't let anybody distract you or lie to you to change your vision. You know, if you know something to be true, don't let somebody come in and, and try to change your vision. It's important that you guard your vision. If you don't guard your vision, nobody else is going to. You will be be standing there and somebody will tell you you can't do it. Guess what's going to happen? You'll start being like this breadhead dude. It'll just start blowing up. I can't do it. I can't do it. There's no way that my vision's ever going to come to pass. Well, eventually, that's just the life you're going to live. Until you hear the truth and you start letting it inform your decisions. Don't let anyone other than Jesus change your vision, mind, and direction. All right. I'm going to close out with this. Because I think this is very important here. This will only take like three or four hours. Okay. So... Once we understand what our vision is, we've got to run this race... All the way through. Well, what if I get to the end of my life and the vision's not complete? Well, guess what? He's going to hand it to somebody else. And they're going to continue. Do you know God had a vision? It was Jesus. You know, when when Adam and Eve messed up in Genesis chapter 3, he was sitting there and he, he didn't even just say, y'all are low down dirty dogs. I can't believe it. I gave you all this stuff and you just threw it away. You know, he never said that. He never got into blaming them or anything. He just asked them a bunch of questions. They blamed each other. Well, guess what? He turned right around and never even said anything about their sin because they had just messed up everything he had started. He went and said, the seed of the woman shall crush your head and pointed back to Satan. 
that was when his vision for Jesus, no longer being a part of just the, the three parts of God, but to actually becoming a man and coming to this earth so that he could pay the price. You know, the problem with Adam was is that God gave him all authority. When you are given all authority and you mess up, let's just say that somebody comes along, you know, Kaylee and Micah, they're, they're getting married. Well, you know, eventually what's going to happen once they actually get married, they're going to be able to sign for each other. Well, that's bad if, it's, if you don't have a good relationship. Well, that's exactly what happened with God. Is that God gave Adam and Eve the ability to sign the check. And you know what Adam and Eve did? They wrote it to Satan. Hey, I now give the world and all the things that are in it over for his glory and destruction. Why do you think that we got all the crap going on that we got right now? It's because Satan's got his fingers in every little bit of it. And you know what? Jesus came so that we could so that we could be a part of him. Yes, but he also came to give back authority. But what he did was he said, "I have all authority." And because I have all authority, now you can't screw it up when I give you some authority. Now, I can screw my life up and I can screw the way things are going on in in my situation up. But Jesus still holds on to the authority. That means that there's a, a block. So that now God has, God has the ability to actually touch people's lives if Dusty decides to go crazy. He didn't give me all authority like he gave Adam. He gave me the authority through Jesus Christ. So now I look to the author and the finisher of my faith. See, that's why it's so important for us to understand our relationship with God. That we're not just a part of the family, but that we've been given the authority. There's a bank account out there, but we have to go through Him in order to cash the check. Does that make sense to everybody? I hope so. Because if you don't understand your authority, you'll never run your race. Because if you don't understand the promises that are in His Word, then eventually what you'll do is you'll just go, well, it's never for me. Most of the time, people write down their whole vision and they never, ever, ever talk to God about it. Oh God, I know what I want to do. And I'm going to write it down on a piece of paper. Well, guess what? You better work really, really hard because that's going to be all on you. But see, you need to go and take your vision to God and say, does this line up with your word? Do you take those things and say, God, do I get peace out of this or is this a struggle? Now, it's okay to, to have things that come against you. But if you're having to do it like, like all those vendors were doing it, where it was like, you got to buy today, you got to buy today. Well, you know what? If you're making a decision that fast, then you're going to get in trouble. I've done it a hundred times, so I'm not telling you something I hadn't done. But what you have to understand is that when, when God told Paul something, you know, Paul was persecuting the church. They come along. Paul said, you know, Paul got struck down on the road to Damascus. 
Ananias goes and gets him and prays over his eyes. And he's able to see again. But you know what God said to Ananias about Paul? Paul was given a vision of going to the Gentiles. But he was also given a vision to say, and I've heard other ministers say this, so this is not just a a thought that I've had, but that God actually said, hey, all this promises, Paul, you're the one that's going to go prove it. You're going to be the first guy to go and do this in the earth. You're going to be shipwrecked and you're going to be beaten and you're going to be all these other things. And this is going to be the way that that you're going to live your life. It's one of the reasons why I believe that Paul, when he was talking about his thorn, his thorn was is that he kept getting into shipwrecks and he kept getting beaten and he kept dying. Do you know that Paul was having to live a different life than we were? But I want you to understand that he finished his race and he handed it on to Timothy. In fact, it says here in Timothy 4, uh, 2, 4, Sorry, 2 Timothy 4. It says, for the, time, for the time will come when we... I'm sorry. Back up. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth, and they will turn aside to fables. But you be watchful of all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, which was Timothy's call, fulfill your ministry, for I am, I am being poured out as a drink offering. That means that he says it's done. In fact, if you go back and look, when they were done with actual sacrifices, they would actually pour out the wine. That would be one of the last things they did. So Paul's life was coming to an end. God was saying, hey, you're done. Timothy's going to take it on from here. And it says, I have fought the good fight. I've finished my race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all those who have loved his appearing." Now, I want you to understand, people, even Christians, they fall into these traps where their vision is being changed, where they don't have God's desires on something. And how do we know this? Well, there's a couple of key indicators. I've told you all this before. I work in the cybersecurity department. And, you know, we look for the key indicators of compromise. We look for not the hacker, but what the hacker's doing. And so this is one of the ways that we know, even as Christians, whether or not we're following God's desires. Does everybody want to know about this? Give me an amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Because I don't want you to fall into this, right? I mean, I really care whether or not you're falling into this. We have to go back up here and look. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. That means they won't take on sound advice, sound teaching, according to their own desires because they have itching ears. That means that they're looking for somebody to tell them what they want to hear. So that's an indicator. Am I looking for somebody to just tell me what I want? 
How many people want to be a TikTok star? Well, you know what? If you can't dance and you don't look good, you're probably not going to be a TikTok star. Don't go around looking for your mama to go, yeah, you sing beautifully and that's great because you probably don't. You're probably going to go get a job one day. You know, I look at this from the perspective of everybody that I talk to that has ever said anything that I go, that's not a God desire. I go, who told you that you were good at that? <laughs> I mean, seriously, you know, if you go, man, I'm really good at that. Yeah, I, I don't see it for you, buddy. But if you're looking for people and you're not getting what you think, then that's a key indicator that you're probably not going towards a God desire, okay? So there, that's one thing. And they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth. So if you continuously, as you're getting the truth and people are telling you the right things and you're going, nope, I just haven't asked enough people to tell me what I think I should be doing. Do you know that these are the things that we start turning over to fables. We start turning over to the, to the well, I, I'm so good at this. I mean, I got news for you. Y'all take a look at me. Do y'all see NBA star right here? Anybody? I got a couple down here. I got, yeah, Heather, my wife, says that. That's called turning to fables, okay? Y'all just put it back into me a lie. You bunch of liars. Y'all need to repent, okay? But this is what I'm trying to get to you, is the fact that when you start going back towards what God has called you to do, then you will fulfill your ministry. You will fulfill your call. You may go, well, Dusty, I'm not called to the ministry. You are the ministry of reconciliation. Now, the ministry of reconciliation doesn't just mean I'm getting people saved or bringing them back to Jesus. I'm reconciling families back together. How many people would like to have people in your family that came back to you that you would have how many people would like to have friends that has left how many people would like to understand maybe your kids or or whatever it is see that's the ministry of reconciliation god is going to reconcile you and reconcile them back to truth see once we understand that we get into the man i want to be in that ministry how many people want to be in that ministry Amen. See, what I want you to understand is that when we have these different desires, when we're not desiring what God has for us, then what we're doing is we're, we're just trying to, to have people tell us, well, it's okay if, you don't, if you're not very nice to your family. Oh, they did you wrong. Well, you know what? There may be some toxic people in your life that you need to let go. I'm not telling you not to do that. But I will tell you this, that if somebody is coming around telling you that you don't need to reconcile back to your family and that you don't need to at least try, that's wrong too. One of the things I love about understanding the differences here is that the Holy Spirit is with us. John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, 
from whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I've said unto you. You know what? When we get God's desire, that means that we've been listening to the Holy Spirit. It means that we've been praying about it. You know, Matthew 6, says, Seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. Do you know that if you don't seek first the kingdom, then any other idea is going to come into your head? See, you need to understand that your ideas, they're not all good. You've got to take them back through this whole process. Lord, help me to understand is this my idea or your idea? And you go back through and say, is this something that's going to bring peace? Do I feel like I'm being rushed to do this? You know, one of the things about having ADD and dyslexia is that it was very easy to believe because I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I was supposed to do computer engineering. I knew it. But you know what? I stayed away from the I stayed away from the computer engineering field for so long because I wasn't good at things like, you know, math and science. Well, you know, the thing is, is that when I got into networking and I started doing computer networking, my mind works like that. I can actually see drawings and see networks connected together in my head. And it made it really easy for me because actually, in a lot of ways, God, God Romans uh, 8.28 me on this, he worked all things to good for those who loved him. Well, I, I loved him, and so he started working it out. Well, the AD and D and dyslexia helps me to troubleshoot faster. I'm just being honest with you. There's people that they will, they'll get themselves into a box. I walk into the situation and I start going, have you looked over here at this other device? We were working on a thing a couple weeks ago. It looked like this, it looked like this particular server was out. No one could get to it. And I said, well, hey, the, the domain name service, if anybody looked at it, which is a completely different system. Do you know that? It was not so much that I looked at that system and said, oh, I see the problem. It was that God started showing me a long time ago, use what I know. Use what has been put in me. And you know, one of the great things about that is, is that I'll ask stupid questions that turn into the, to some of the, they seem like I was a genius. And it wasn't really that, that was, I was that great. But see, I'm not an NBA star. I just know computer networking. I just know how to put computers together. You know what? God started calling me into doing the ministry. He started using my ability to be able to not just see the words, because sometimes I have to reread this four or five times before I get it. Just going to be honest with you. But God will start tying other things together. I read some of these scriptures. I pulled out Matthew 6, 33. You know, seek you first the kingdom of God. All of those things are tie-in scriptures that I see. You know, I'm not saying this to brag on me. 
But I'm just telling you that when you start getting a desire and God starts putting something in your heart, you will start seeing the fruit of that desire. You will start seeing things manifest in your life where you're like, I'm actually good at this. This is something that I'm supposed to be doing. Let God himself show you. Because if everybody thought they were a TikTok star, we wouldn't have doctors and nurses and engineers and pastors and we wouldn't be able to do the things that we're doing in our society. You have a purpose and you have a plan. You just got to get it from God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to close this out today. Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. I just pray over everybody that's here. I thank you, dear Lord, that you are downloading into them their vision. I thank you, Father, that you are bringing about in their life the ability for them to see the things that you're wanting them to do next. Father, I pray over each and every one of them. I pray for the people who are in our podcasts and uh, who are watching online. I pray that not only do they see their vision, but that they start walking it out. That you give them the next step and then the next step, Father. And I pray, dear Lord, that all the things that have been told to them, the bad teachings, the bad um, you know, interactions, I pray, dear Lord, you're breaking that off of them. And Father, that you are giving them the purposes and the plans through your promise. And we just thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to release everybody to go. If you have any prayer needs, I'll be up here at the front. If not, you guys have a great week. Um, one last thing, we will not have church uh, next Sunday, uh, the 23rd. We will have church on the 30th. So y'all all sleep in and have fun. We're going to go to their wedding and it's going to be awesome. And we'll see y'all back on the 30th. Y'all have a great week. Love you guys.